When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Long. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's Sparky Fiber, 1250 AM. The fan, uh, rainy. Rainy, rainy, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I think we're going to get like three inches of rain over the next two or three days here. High winds and oh, it's going to be fun. And I got tickets to the Badgers, Iowa game on Saturday. Uh, whether or not I go will depend on just how bad the weather is, I think. Uh, Ryan Horvath, he is here, Bet MGM tonight. He entertains you each and every weeknight uh, as part of BetQL Radio across this fine, fine country. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. Check out his Saturday morning show, 8 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Tailgate to kickoff, baby. It's the best college football uh, pregame show you're going to find anywhere. I roll with my guy Horvath. Uh, and again, he's going to make you some money. So follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. Follow me at Sparky Radio. We always do confident, concerned, and curious going into a Packer weekend or a Packer game. Now, it's a bye week, but guess what? I figured out a way to still do confident, concerned, and curious nonetheless. This actually was a Rami Makhlouf brainchild uh, back in the day on the Wendy's Big Show in Milwaukee. Uh, and Gary and Leroy hated it each and every weekend that we did it. He They hated every Friday doing this. Uh, but I like it a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. So we'll continue to do it here. All right, Ryan Horvath, what are you confident in about the Packers when we come out of this bye week that you're going to see? I'm confident that uh, I'll still be let down by Brian Gutekind's drafts the last couple of years. And I'm confident that Joe Barry still will not be very good at his job. I'm confident that there will be weeks where this defense will look good and we'll think, hey, you know, maybe some of these guys are starting to come around. We haven't seen Darnell Savage play like this since his rookie year. Man, maybe Jair is an elite corner. Maybe this is a top 15 defense at least. And then there will be the weeks like we got against Atlanta, you know, the weeks that we got against Detroit. I just – I went back last night when I got home and I couldn't fall asleep, so I watched the All-22, and I'm just so let down by this defense. You know, Jordan Love hasn't been very good the last two weeks, but – and last week, actually, I'll, I'll like I'll stick up for the defense because you know there were some short fields for the Raiders, and I thought at least they played hard. But guys just are missing way too many tackles, and the scheme just still stinks, man. And it really upsets me that that Matt Lafleur is so loyal to Joe Barry. Not that we could just fire guys every single year, call the head. I mean, I, I've kind of I, I've been pretty nice about the Joe Barry thing, but when you go back and you watch, 
It's just like Jordan Love is never going to be able to win a playoff game or a Super Bowl with this type of defense. And then, like, what pissed me off kind of is you go back and you listen to, like, Jair's comments, you know, and he's like, well, the offense is young, so we got to step up. You know, we got to be the reason that we're winning games and this and that. And I'm just thinking, like, you guys have never been an elite defense. What are you talking about? The reason you guys have been relevant the last four or five years is because of Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and that offense. I just – that's what really upset me before we went on the podcast is the way that a lot of those guys on the defensive side of the ball – and, like, Jair's a good corner. Don't get me wrong. He's an all-pro defensive back. At least he was, right? But the way that some of those guys talk and act, like, you would think that they have two Super Bowl rings, like they've been a top-five defense, and they haven't. So, like, yeah, the scheme sucks. It does. Joe Barry should not be the defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. But also, like, a lot of these guys right now just don't look very good. I like Quay. Um, you know, and it, and it also doesn't help that Devondre Campbell's been injured because he does have the green dot. He's the most important player on the defensive side of the ball. But I just – I hate the sloppy tackling. You know, like, draft guys that can tackle. We've had and sloppy so- tackling since the Mike McCarthy era. We've been complaining about tackling forever, whether it's Capers, whether it's Pettin, whether it's Joe Barry, missed tackles all over the place, mainly because most of the guys in this league don't know how to tackle anymore. They yeah. throw their shoulders. They don't wrap up. I mean, it just is what it is. I And I, I don't know how much you're really uh, going to fix tackling at this point uh, necessarily, unless, you know, you make it, like you talk about Goody, unless it becomes a point of, I'm only drafting dudes that are, you know, that tackle the right way and so forth. But like even Jair, he don't want to tackle anybody. I mean, he's no. beyond that. So now you got one player on the field that has no interest in really being involved in any type of big play tackling. A uh, Savage, when he hits you, it's good. When he hits you, though, because he's yeah. just recklessly throwing his body around, diving at people uh, and yeah. missing guys. And that's the stuff that just kills you is when a player is there and jumps at air and doesn't get any piece of the player doesn't get a shoelace, doesn't get, get a, a, sh- a knee pad, a shoulder pad, nothing, just nothing happens. And the guy just keeps on moving. That's yeah. where you really feel bad. See, it, this is the hardest one for me, confident, right? Because with this young team, I'm not really confident in anything because I'm not confident in anybody on the defensive side of the ball. And it's hard to be confident. I wanted to actually lead off with, I'm confident that Jordan Love is going to play better when we see him next against the Denver Broncos because that defense isn't very good. But the defense for the Broncos kind of held its own against the Chiefs last night. And I want to be confident in Jordan Love, but I'm not confident right now in Matt LaFleur. And I want to be confident in Matt LaFleur, but I'm not really all that confident in Jordan Love right now. You know what I mean? So, All right, I'll tell you what I'm confident in. I don't really confident in anything other than I know that like the tackling's not going to improve in two weeks after what I saw again on tape. So that's what I'm going to go with here. I'm going to be Mr. Negative again. That's fine. I'm confident that these Packer wide receivers will start running the the correct plays and the correct routes. By the end of the season, they're going to start being where they're supposed to be. Again, the JT O'Sullivan breakdown, uh, quarterback school breakdown on YouTube uh, is really good. I watched it last night. Again, I watch it every week. Well, that's not true. I didn't watch it after the Lions game. I couldn't. Hold on. I I never want to cut you off. I hate when people do this to me, but I have been begging you to watch the quarterback school for years now. And you were like, well, he can't play quarterback. Why do I want to watch him talk about quarterback? He's good, isn't he? Yeah, he's very good. Uh, And Orlowski was doing the same type of thing before ESPN took him. But so he's very good. So I watched, I watched it again uh, yesterday because Kay was getting her haircut. So I was like, all right, I'll watch this in the car while the baby's sleeping. Uh, and, and see what he's got this week. 
the amount of dudes not doing what they're supposed to be doing, man. And you can be mad at LaFleur for play calling. You can be mad at Jordan Love for throwing interceptions or whatever. That's fine. You got two dudes standing two yards apart side by side from each other. And JT, JT is going, clearly somebody ran the wrong route. Like this, y'all should not be here. It could be this. It could be that. It could be this. But they did not run the wrong right route. You got like five dudes all within five yards of each other in the middle of the field. Clearly, multiple players didn't do what they were supposed to do because that's clearly not the play design. I mean, that type of stuff has to change, right? Guys that are up front blocking, blocking the right dude, right? There's somebody blitzing. Pick up the right guy. Everybody do your job correctly. That type of stuff has to occur. And right now, like we thought coming into the season, there were going to be issues with the young receivers, the young tight ends doing their job. There was one play. Musgrave was supposed to chip. Musgrave's out on the right side, Horvath. He goes to chip. Do you know what he chipped? Air completely missed Crosby. Crosby right by him. Musgrave went like this. He was gone, and it was on Zach Tom then to take him straight up because Musgrave missed the chip. Never touched him. That type of stuff has to be fixed. Like, you can design all the plays you want. You can call whatever play you want. But if these guys don't do what the play says, then everybody's going to go, oh, LaFleur's an idiot. Well, okay, is he an idiot, or do these guys simply not know the playbook still and not know what the hell they're doing? I tend to think they just simply don't know what they're doing. And based on watching that film that JT O'Sullivan had, I think that's true. So I'm confident, Horvat, that they will get better. Uh, and by the end of the year, be more on the same page. And if you remember back at the beginning of the year, when you and I were talking, we both said the same thing. Like, win-loss record, whatever, who cares? Yeah. But we just need to see improvement in the last two or three weeks of the year from the first two or three weeks of the year, right? Just show me that you figured out on offense and you're making progress and things are going in the right direction. I think that, to me, is 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 the biggest thing. And I think we'll see that. All right, now you've said a bunch of negatives about confidence. I can't only imagine what concerned is. Okay, what are you concerned about Horvat uh, coming off of the bye week with the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, I'm kind of concerned Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love are both no good. Right? I mean, I defended Jordan Love against um, Detroit because the play calling was terrible. The play calling wasn't very good against the Raiders, but Jordan Love did have a run game in that game. Granted, A.J. Dillon averaged 3.9 yards per carry. But they were trying to run it. At least he was giving you something. He was running forward. He was finding the holes. And the interceptions were bad. And the one thing I felt good about with Jordan Love when I watched him at Utah State was sometimes he would miss on the underneath stuff and he would throw the bad interceptions, but he was pretty good with the deep stuff, with the deep ball. Him and Christian Watson, like Aaron Rodgers and Christian Watson taking time to be on the same page made sense because Rodgers is like old and he lost a little bit on the deep ball, right? right? Jordan Love not being able to connect on the deep ball after, you know, being in the Bahamas and doing the Top Gun thing where he was on the beach, he was doing the pool parties. I thought this is what you guys were all begging for. They had the connection. Why are they still not connected? Is Jordan Love what you guys think he is or is he what I originally thought he was? Maybe like a good but not great quarterback. And that's fine. If you have a good but not great quarterback, but you know what you need? You need a strong run game. You can't have the youngest wide receiver. Like, I don't know what Goot – that's why I don't think Goot's good. I'm sorry. I'm going to be the bad guy here. I think You're you're acting like Packer fans, like, wow, we should win 10, 12 games this year. But you knew coming in with the hand that Jordan Love was dealt and Matt LaFleur was dealt, this wasn't about this year. This was about three years from now. This wide receiving core and tight end – now, they don't have a running back. Because Jones won't be here. 
But the tight end and the wide receivers, this is about two, three years from now. This is about next year and the year after developing with Jordan Love and then being able to sustain that. And then you start pushing money and extending contracts for these young guys. This was never about this year. Gunnikun's pretty much said you got to take a step back before you take a step forward. And this is what this is going to be all year. This is why this never made sense to me, though. Like when the Chiefs moved on to Mahomes, it was because it was time to win. Let me just lay this all out. Why this plan is? I want to swear. I want to swear so bad because this no, is why like, our people, podcast. No, no swearing. This is not the Bart Winkler show. This is why people like Packer fans. I'm sorry, but like you guys got to watch everything else that goes around in the league, right? You don't. You don't win with Jordan Love year five, year six, because then you can't pay guys to play defense and skill position players. You win with Jordan Love. You're supposed to win with Jordan Love by now. Because now what happens next year? You have to pay Jordan Love. And sure, he hasn't shown a lot, so you don't have to give him like Joe Burrow money. Yeah, he's not making $50 million. He's going like to make what? The Bengals window and the Bills windows are closing because now Josh Allen and Joe Burrow have right. to get paid. Yep. You don't draft the guy to sit behind a guy you're paying to be an MVP in the league. It doesn't it, make sense. It when works Ted for Rodgers. When Ted did it. Rodgers took over a team that was ready to win. Maybe not year one. They won six games, but he didn't take over the youngest wide receiver room. In oh, the I agree. He had Donald Driver, and he had Greg yeah. Jennings and proven guys that could play. Ted was, stop comparing. But you Jordan still got but Brian. Your point was. Ted to Brian. Ted is not. Brian's Ryan, not you're missing the point. You just said it and then glazed over what you said. So they're going to have to pay him. They have nobody else to pay. That Packers team was already paying dial driver X amount of dollars, was already paying offensive lineman X amount of dollars, and then had to pay Rodgers on top of what they already had everybody else. Jordan Love, they literally only have Jordan Love because Bakhtiari is going to be gone. So you literally will have no money attached on the offensive side of the ball. Zero. Your big contracts are going to be Kenny Clark and Jair. That's it. There is nothing else. There's nothing else on offense. None of those offensive linemen are making money. Elton Jenkins, I guess, will be. We'll see what that ends up being. But that's it. Nobody else. All these offensive linemen aren't making any money. Your running backs, once Jones is gone, none of them are making money. Those are going to be rookies. And none of your wide receivers are making money. You can do what they're doing because you have nobody else attached. If you had vets making money and now I got to pay the quarterback, now it's over. Now I agree. But when you have everybody young, nah, they're fine. But... But why would you pay? I haven't seen anything from Jordan Love in a month that makes me want to extend him or like make him the guy, though. That's my point. That's, well, that's I want up to you. Why? And I don't know that we're going to get that when we got Luke Musgrave and Romeo Dobbs dropping balls on the last drive of the game or running the wrong routes. I don't know if I want to pay him when he's throwing bad interceptions. You got to evaluate guys with some talent around him because I don't want to go into football hell. This is the difference. I don't want to go into football hell for four to six years. If Jordan Love, and here's the other thing. Like, we're dealing with homers. People are acting like homers here. If Justin Fields played the last two games the way that Jordan Love did, everybody would be like, freaking He played that way for a year and a half. And there what, are people we, and what do we say? He's telling me he was going to be an MVP. What are you talking about? Who's looked better the last, who's, last who's looked better the last three weeks? Who's looked better the last three weeks? Right. I'll tell you what. You give Jordan Love as many starts as Justin Fields, and then you can come on Curtin Long and tell me whether or not he's good or not. Instead, you gave Jordan Love, what, five starts and said, ah, it's probably over. 
Justin Fields coming into the year. Oh, he might win MVP. He's unbelievable. I loved him at Ohio State. Blah, blah, blah. Man threw for 200 yards twice all of last year. And you had all these high expectations. Love, you get five starts and determine his whole career path. It's ridiculous. You're smiling because you know I'm right. It's ridiculous. Uh, Justin Fields, the last two weeks, has went over 300 yards. He's averaging 11 yards. Give Jordan Love that many starts, Ryan. And then we'll talk about Jordan Love. I don't know. I would not, I would not accept three losing seasons and be like, Oh, we got to get him more weapons. Like, no, I mean, how bad is this going to get? Are you going to be bad? They're going to win seven to nine games this year. Oh, that's how they're not going to win next year. They're going to be probably nine to 11, nine to 12. Yeah. 12 wins next year. You're going to have this whole year of this offense to get better. My, My only concern is I have two concerns. My first concern is left tackle, and if it's going to be a rookie, because I'm thinking it's probably going to be next year, and then running backs. And what that, but I feel like rookie running backs can play sooner. I don't know if you agree. I feel like rookie running backs can come in and play sooner than a rookie receiver or tight end and be more effective in an offense. Do you agree or disagree with that in your expertise of watching the NFL? I agree. And I think what the Packers should do is, no, you know what? No, I'm not even going to do that. Like, I don't want Jerry Judy or Court. I don't want any of those Broncos guys. But they should have paid Devontae. I always uh, stand by. Every, every week we get a Devontae reference from Mr. Horvath. It's over. It's done. He ain't You'll coming be, back. It's yeah, all done. It's all done. Because, like, Jordan Love. Uh, they didn't get T. Higgins. They didn't re-sign Devontae. It's all done. Well, that's, like, these are the guys that Jordan Love should be throwing the football to. So oh, I'm, I'm not sure he would love to. Guys, Jordan Love sucks. I'm saying, like, Jordan Love isn't Aaron. He's not Mahomes that he Agreed. can go out there with like MVS and these bums and win Super Bowls. Agreed. He's not I'm that great. Not Agreed. yet. Maybe he will be. So what I'm saying is this: none of this is fair for Jordan Love, who sat behind Rodgers that headcase for three years, and now he's throwing to Casey Musgraves yep. and Romeo Dobbs at the end of games. You know what I Agreed. mean? It's also not fair to Matt LaFleur, who Agreed. won 13 consecutive games three years, and then I have to coach the Cabbage Patch kids, and he's got Jordan Love throwing the worst interceptions ever. But he hasn't yep. been very good. That's why it's hard for me to be confident that Jordan Love's going to you know, turn this thing around or LaFleur's going to turn this thing around because right now they both – neither of them are looking good. The offensive line's not looking good. You brought up Elton Jenkins. He gave up three pressures last not game. Not good either. He wasn't very good. Runyon's been not good all year. Like right now I don't – who do you like? Who do you enjoy watching every Sunday for the Packers? You're like, I can't wait. Because for me, it was always Rodgers, Devontae. You know, I was excited to watch those guys. It was fun. What's fun for the for you? Love. That's Jordan fun love. because for me, but maybe you and I are different. Hey, I like good for, quarterback. For me, it's when the NBA comes out and the draft comes out. I can't wait to see young guys play in the league, right? If there's a young guy I, I like to see play, like that to me, that's why I like Sacramento's fun. They got a bunch of younger players. Oklahoma City, that's a fun team. A bunch of younger guys. I like watching the younger guys develop and grow, right? The Bulls, horrible because they got a bunch of older players and they're just stuck in the mud and can't go anywhere. I know what they are. I don't need to watch them. I know what that is. So I like seeing the progress. I've been sitting here waiting and waiting to see if this kid can play or not. And now it's going to be fun for me watching throughout the year to see if they can progress and get better as an offense going forward. That's what I want to see. Uh, for instance, go to the next one. We didn't get to curious to hell with it. What should be the starting offensive line for the Packers after the bye week? Because I interviewed Andy Herman from the Pack a Day podcast, and that'll be up at uh, on your Odyssey app or at 1250 AM, the fan.com, or if 
you download podcasts. It's under best Packers coverage uh, podcast as well. But, uh, and we talked about the offensive line. He seems to think they just leave it alone. Like Rasheed Walker just stays at left tackle and we go. I'm not there. I can't be there. I'm not going to be there. I will not be there. And I understand the rest of this offensive line sucks, but I'm not doing this. Like, so it, from my perspective, if Rasheed Walker has to play and if it's okay, we think he could be good, but I got to play him. Then fine. Then you're going to right tackle. And Zach Todd, who's been your best offensive lineman at right tackle. I know I'm moving him to left tackle. You have two weeks work on your footwork. Cause it's completely opposite of it's very hard to play both sides. I get it. I'm moving Zach Tom to left tackle. I'm playing Rasheed Walker at right tackle. And I'm telling John Runyon, you have two or three weeks to figure this out. And if you do not figure this out, then Sean Ryan's going to get a chance to play right guard. And we'll see if he's any better than you are. Plain and simple. Like, I'm done with this. I cannot have Jordan Love's blind side be a turnstile. And that's what it's been for the last two weeks. Now, again, Hutchinson and Crosby, amazing. I get it. Yeah. But he's got to be better than what he's been. And if he is better, fine. But he's got to be at right tackle now so he can see what's coming. Yeah, yeah, man. And, and I agree um, with actually everything that you said right there. So there we go. We're on a good, we're on a good note again after we disagree on, on the quarterback and how to <laughs> develop things. But, no, I do want to say this, though, um, and it hasn't really been fair. I, I, I thought this crazy. So uh, you brought up Hutchinson. He has – over 30 pressures this season. The only other player this season that has over 30 pressures, Max Crosby. Yep. This is who Jordan Love's had to go against the last two weeks. So I will defend Jordan Love in that, and I'll defend the offensive line in that, but I am with you right there. But they got to get those guys got their pre- Both those guys got pressures off this offensive line. Maybe that's why they're both one and two. Just saying. Well, Just no, saying. And here's, here's the problem, right, against the Packers' offensive line right now is that teams are able to get pressure without sending blitz. Yes. And that's the issue, because if they're not having to send blitz, like Jordan Love early on in the season, like the Bears, those dum-dums, they were like blitzing Jordan Love. Jordan Love is going to rip you apart if you blitz him. You know who else is going to rip you apart? Guys like Joe Burrow will rip you apart. But, you know, there are certain guys that aren't great, you know, from from a dirty pocket. Like Jared Goff's great when he has a clean pocket or off play action, but he doesn't want to throw. He's really sensitive under pressure, and that's kind of Jordan Love right now. Why I'm scared about Jordan Love, though, also is turnover-worthy throws from a clean pocket. Those have been going up. That's what I don't like. But you don't want teams getting natural pressure against Green Bay because then, obviously, they're able to drop more guys back in coverage, and that's where Jordan Love's going to make some of these mistakes. And I'm fine. Like, I don't care about picks this year for Jordan Love. If he goes out swinging, like, back of the end zone, F it, Watson's down there somewhere. I hate those, like, what are you looking at? Oh, my God, picks. Yeah, those the are- linebacker. Yep. Yeah, like no. what do you like? Good quarterbacks just don't make that throw. Aaron Rodgers never, never did that. But like he had the one ball down the middle to what's supposed to be to Jaden Reed, and it was to nobody. There were DBs everywhere, it just fell harmlessly in the middle of the field. And it was a panic throw. That's what it looked like. It looked like, oh crap, I'm just going to toss it down there and see what happens. It was, a, it was a, it was a bad decision. And the decision making is what has to change, obviously. And this is why I didn't like Goot's plan again, like coming into the season, because Jordan loves his guy. And Jordan Love, I think sometimes there is no veteran leadership on that team. And that was my problem with like Bakhtiari being your vet back is he clearly didn't want to be there. He's more worried about like Robert F. Kennedy and what Aaron Rodgers, his buddies up to and, you know, like fighting thing people about politics on the Internet. He didn't care about this team. And Jordan Love needs somebody like if you watch the Jets every week, which is, I know, a tough task right now. But if you watch the Jets every week, Zach Wilson's going pee in his pants. But Randall Cobb is his 
is, is, is next to him. He's like the Jack Haley to his Dennis Rodman. Right. He's trying to calm him down. Jordan Love doesn't have anybody to do that, man. Like, That's why I wanted player? Randall Cobb back. We talked about that this offseason. I Jones, said just pay him and bring him back. And Aaron Jones is a hell of a teammate. But Aaron Jones also, like, he's rich now. He's got his businesses. He's been hurt since week one. You know what I mean? Like, you need – again, I'm, that's why Devontae. But, like, Cobb, just any veteran. And uh, that, that's, the, that's the hardest part about this is I get it. You want to go young, and it's a rebuild year. It's a retool. But at the same time, you got to evaluate this kid, and it's tough to do. I'll tell you and something he's, else. And he's playing panic football out there, and that's you're right. He looked like he was panicked out there. But somebody needs to sit him down then. And, call, and that's coaching. That's that's flower. This is the other thing. Jair – remember back in the beginning said, you know, that's my QB one. That's my guy, blah, 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 blah. I'll tell you what should happen. He's throwing him under the bus. Now Jair should go watch film with Jordan love and should be like, explain to him like what, what actually is happening? Like, Hey, look, man, when you see, when this happens here, this is what this actually means. When this guy turns this way, you can take advantage of him that way. Like that type of stuff. Like Woodson used to help Sam Shields with that type of stuff and go watch film with him every week. Now again, I know it's the same position, but like, if you talk to like Leroy Butler, he would always talk about him and Favre just talking about ball on the sidelines about you know what Brett sees and you know how what could help the Packers defense and what you know Brett sees and he talks to Leroy. Leroy's kind of helping Brett and what he sees on defense. That type of synergy could be really really helpful, I think, uh, to Jordan Love. All right, let's go next one. What Wait, Packers really quick. players? Yes. Okay. No. No. Uh, no we could. Yeah. Well, no. This we could add none here. Go on. Sorry. Okay. What Packers players would you consider trading? Anybody worth any value, um, I would even consider, like, yeah, because I'm looking at it, man, and uh, you're going to hate me for this. I want want Drake May, and I think this team could be bad enough for Drake May. No. I would trade trade Elton Jenkins if you could. I would trade Jair Alexander, Devondre Campbell, anybody, because I was looking, when I looked at the schedule and I said this team's going to win eight games, I counted victories against Atlanta. I counted victories you know, against teams like the Raiders. Let's see what happens out of the bye. LaFleur is not usually very good out of the bye. You know, you get Denver. If you lose that game on the road against the Broncos, and if you lose to the Vikings, then you get the Rams, Steelers, Chargers, Lions, Chiefs, Giants, Buccaneers, Panthers, yeah, Vikings, and Bears. If this team finishes with three, four wins, I want Drake May. They got two. There's no way they're only going to win one more game the rest of the year. It's no chance that's happening. I'm telling you right now. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And I'm not trading yeah. Jair Alexander. But um, if it does get bad, I do want Drew, Drake May. That's 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 what I've decided I want. Um, well, this is a tough question because you can't trade Bakhtiari. And that that's like that's my answer right there, right? You right. can't trade Rasul Douglas because we don't know when Eric Stokes is going to be back on the football field. And Rasul Douglas has been playing pretty good football. Oh, he's back after the bye week. He was practicing last week. So Yeah, yeah I mean, but we got to like – I want to see him out there. Sure. That's a, that's a pretty tough injury. And the to trade back. deadline, as we're recording this, I believe is like 17 or 18 days away. So you're going to be able to see him play at least one game before the trade deadline if you were to consider trading somebody. Now, here we go. Here's the next one. Uh, who would you target in a trade? And I'll tell you right now, I look at the Denver Broncos roster and any offensive lineman that I think is better than what I have, I'm calling about, especially if a younger offensive lineman that they would be considering to trade. I would I would have a phone call into Sean Payton. If I can upgrade my right guard position over Runyon, 
and I have somebody under contract for the next two or three years, I would make that call at this point. If I can find a left or a right, well, probably not left tackle, but if I could find a tackle on that roster that I think is better than what I've got on my roster, I'm going to try and make that call. Or a center that's better than Myers. And I don't know the Broncos offensive line, so don't. I'm not going to sit here and act like I do. I'm just saying, if I can find an offensive line upgrade in Denver and snag an offensive lineman for, say, a fifth or sixth round pick, I'm doing it. That's what I'm, that, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I just feel like everybody has the same need, but I'm with you. Like, if you could get a starting, I mean, if you could get anything to fix that offensive line, that's definitely what I want. What I don't want is, um, I don't know if you, you know, like Bill Barnwell had the the straight up trade where you would Judy move. Or, Judy for Dobbs, stupid. No way the hell I would do that. No. Yeah, like, if anything, you're looking to add to the wide receiver room, not subtract yes. with the one guy that knows the offense and knows Jordan Love. I don't like that whatsoever. Like, if I'm trading anybody in the wide receiver room, you guys could kill me all you want. I would trade Christian Watson over Romeo Dobbs just because I don't know that he's ever going to be healthy. And I don't know that we're ever going to have a freaking quarterback that could get him the football 60 yards down the field. And I don't know that he's ever going to learn how to run any other routes. And so uh, I just don't know that he's a fit in this offense until we get a deep ball thrower. Cause it wasn't Rogers at the end of his career. And it sure as hell doesn't look like it's Jordan love right now. Any chance Denver wants to give us Patrick Sertan. I want some, I want some defensive help and I want some guys from that defense that's why I bet the Broncos last night. Um, luckily, I got an 11 and pushed. But because, like, I just think they've quit. I think last year they were on the field 80% of the time. And now this year, they just, they're just they done. So I still think there's a tremendous amount of talent. Guys like Randy Gregory, that's what I want. I want big, mean guys up front to pair with Kenny Clark. Not just projects. Not Tyler Van S, who's going to be good. Or Lucas Van S, who's going to be good in three years. I want guys right now that are mean. You know, maybe they'll punch somebody in the face. And I want some uh, help in the secondary. I want some guys that know how to tackle. I want defensive help. I'll give you another guy that I want. I want McLaughlin, the rookie from Denver for the Broncos. That's who I want, the running back. Oh, I love him. If, you ain't gonna gonna play, if you're not going to play him and he's going to get only five, six carries without that everybody's healthy, I'll take him. I'll take him right now. He could come in, see a Wilson, see a Patrick Taylor, everybody else, A.J. Dillon, your third, and he's playing because that dude can be a Aaron Jones replacement, I think, going into next season. And he's young. Oh, you know who else I would trade in the target? Uh, or I'd target in a trade? <laughs> Jesus. It's definitely Friday. Uh, Justin Jefferson. How and why would my Minnesota do that? Here's they may the trade her cousins. They wouldn't, but Justin Jefferson does not want to be back in Minnesota. And he's hurt. And he's hurt. Right. He doesn't like Kirk Cousins. Now, the Packers would have no shot because they're in the division. And I don't think they're looking to move Justin Jefferson. Like you said, if anything, they'd move Kirk Cousins. But I just wonder what happens there. See, like, I wonder if Minnesota will be bad enough to get another quarterback. That should be their goal, especially now that he's on the IR. Get Caleb Williams or Drake May so you can try to convince him to stay. Because he, I'm hearing that he does not like Minnesota whatsoever. And I would kill. I would give my arm for Justin Jefferson. That's all I've ever wanted. Yeah, just don't let him up in like San Francisco or something. That would be horrible. All right, last uh, one here. Your college at Pro Picks for the week. Always look forward to this every Friday and see what Horvat has. I don't know if you have any Badger Iowa takes, but since I'm going to the game, I'm always curious about the Badgers. Uh, what do you got, Horvat? Well, I like the Badgers in that game. I don't know if they like really? cover the spread, but yeah, I mean, Iowa's on their second quarterback. Cade McNamara is out for the year. That's Iowa's the Badger, Deacon Hills, their quarterback, who was with the Badgers and sat on the bench and watched. Yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't move the needle for me because it's still Iowa's offense. And I know like Tanner Mordecai's been up and down this season, but I still expect the Badgers to be able to score enough points in this game and beat Iowa. I 
maybe would have liked Iowa a couple weeks ago, but they just they haven't been good this season. Did that over under um, move with the weather forecast? Because it's supposed yeah, to be rain and and big wind. Yeah, all these totals have dropped like five, seven points. Makes especially sense. in the Midwest. Yeah. Yep. That's why I kind of like Notre Dame actually against USC if it does oh, rain, if it is windy, because you'll have Caleb Williams having to throw the ball in the wind. But I'm going to wait and see on the weather report there. The one I really like is um, I actually like Michigan State plus five against Rutgers. It oh, sounds nice. gross, but uh, I bet Michigan State the last couple weeks and they've covered for me. They actually should have beat Iowa. If you're worried about Iowa, Michigan State had the lead in the fourth quarter of that game. So I obviously. Yep. You know, they fire Mel Tucker, but the last two games since he's been gone, they, play, they played much better. They outgained Maryland, and then Maryland actually played pretty tough against Ohio State last week, and then they outgained Iowa, and they should have won that game. They outgained them actually by 125 yards. They averaged over three yards per rush before first contact, and Rutgers can't stop the run. So I think that Michigan State's going to be able to run the ball. They're getting uh, Jalen Berger, who Badger fans know, obviously, oh, he's yeah. coming back this week for Michigan State. So they have two decent backs. And then they kind of cleaned some stuff up off the bye week. The run defense has been much better. And so Rutgers, that's what they want to do. They want to run the football. And I don't think they're going to be able to do that against Michigan State, meaning they're going to have to throw the ball. And uh, their quarterback can't really push it down the field. So I like Michigan State plus five. I think they actually win this game outright. Um, the big game, though, Oregon-Washington. I'm betting Oregon plus three. This is I've had this one circled. I can't wait to watch this game. These are two of my favorite quarterbacks, Bo Nix going against Michael Penix Jr., two great offenses. The reason I like Oregon, I just think they're the tougher team in the trenches. I really like Dan Lanning. Um, I think they have the better offensive and defensive line. And the one area you could attack Washington's defense is their defensive line right now outside the top 100. And Oregon has the best offensive line in the country, in my opinion. So I like Oregon to cover the three. I think they win that game outright. And then uh, in the NFL – Man, it's kind of a tough week in the NFL. I'd say my favorite bet, God, it's going to be a gross one. New England Patriots plus three against those same Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders should not be three-point favorites. Josh McDaniels should not be a three-point favorite over Bill Belichick. I don't care what it looks like right now in New England. They're giving the Raiders a bunch of respect because they just beat the Packers. You just heard my last two podcasts and my thoughts on where I think Green Bay is right now. And Green Bay still should have won that game. Now, Raiders, New England should be a team. Game. New England should be a team that should go get Justin Jefferson for Mac Jones. That's a team that desperately needs a number one wide receiver. That would make sense. Or Kirk Cousins with Bill O'Brien and but Bill They still Bell. have no wide receivers. That doesn't change anything. So Yeah, but Mac Jones is bad. But I think he's good enough to win this game. So I'll go Patriots plus three. And... Uh, that's 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 all I'll give out in the NFL. That's the only one I feel good good given to the people because the other ones I bet are kind of nasty. I got um, the Saints one and a half point favorites on the road against the Texans. Justin, um, that geez. defense against a rookie quarterback is going to be tough. It has been all year. That's what I'm saying. I also like C.J. Stroud to throw his first interception this yep. season. That's plus one twenty right now. Oh, hold on. No, my favorite bet. I almost forgot about this one. Colts. Plus four against the Jags. I think the Colts might win this game. I don't think there's that much of a downgrade from Anthony Richardson to Gardner Minshew. Sparky, you know who's got the number five offensive line in all of football right now? The Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, do you Your know who's Colts? not playing? Braden Smith. He's been ruled out today. I don't care. And the defense has been playing their ass off, too. This is a field goal game. I know that they haven't won in Jacksonville in forever. Yes. I think they're going to keep this game close. And I think the Colts are a lot better than people are 
People I are- told you on the last podcast, they're going to be a playoff team, mark my and- words, and they're not going to get the premier help they need at wide receiver because of this dumb season with Minshew at quarterback. This I don't know, ex- man. This is like, such Zach a waste. Moss- Zach such Moss a waste. right now looks like a stud, and now how are you going to get Jonathan Taylor involved in the offense? You have no idea what they're going to do. I love the Colts this weekend, plus four. Lock it up. Waste of a year. It's too bad. Uh, he is Ryan Horvat. You follow him on Twitter uh, at Ryan Horvat. Uh, Daniel Barry Sports highlight says, "Yo, yo, what's up, dude?" Uh, on YouTube, somebody listening or uh, watching. Uh, see Sparky. Fight follow me at Sparky Radio. Ryan Horvat. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvat. Saturday mornings, eight a.m. Central, nine a.m. Eastern. Tailgate to kick off. I'm telling you, if you like what he does here at the end of these Friday podcasts, man, whole different level on Saturday mornings. Whole different level. I tell you, for an hour, it's so good. Check him out. And then, of course, tonight, uh, it is Bet MGM tonight, Monday through Friday. Him, Trister Crick, uh, Nick Ashu, uh, as they talk about all the different games. And well, no, uh, Trista Crick, Spark. She's got a headache, so it's just me and Nick tonight. Man, I had a horrible headache yesterday, man. When I was here at work. It was. Me too, but you know what I do when I got a horrible headache, baby? I go to work. Same way my grandpa and father have been doing since 1936. In the Horvath family, we work through the pain. It's football season, baby. He's a little out of control. Uh, All right, enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one. Toodles.